Megan, come up and share the word with us today. Good morning, New Hope. It is an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. Like he said, the Lord has definitely laid a word on my heart that um, I hope and pray just ministers to you. But before we get started, I would just like to um, start in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each woman, each person, each heart represented in this place, God. Lord, I pray that they would be made new, Lord, that you would refresh them, that you would renew them, Lord, and Lord, that they would just be rejuvenated, God. Lord, that you would take the weight off of their shoulders, Lord, and that they would just feel your peace, God. For those that are dealing with hurts today, God, if today is a hard day, Lord, I pray that you would minister to them, that you would give them peace, Lord, and that you would give them comfort. We love you, and I praise you, Lord. Lead me and guide me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for those, that you, for those of you that don't know, my um, sister-in-law and brother-in-law have been living in our house for about five months, but they're closing on a house this, this month, so we're excited for them. They're excited. Um, but the room that they have been staying in was my catch-all room. Does anybody else have like a catch-all room, a catch-all drawer? I mean, am I the only one? Only a few hands? Okay. <laughs> Y'all don't leave me alone now. Well, I have not been able to put all my stuff in the catch-all room, all right, because their stuff has been in there. So I find it's going in closets and drawers. So I need to do some spring cleaning in my house, all right? So I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, Lord, I need to do some spring cleaning in my heart. You know, there's so, in this world, we have so much that comes against us. You know, distraction, discouragement, and doubt, it weighs on us daily. It feels like it never ends. Job, financial burdens, our family's needs, laundry, dust, you know, that overwhelming stress that we... Food? Okay. (laughs) That overwhelming stress feels like it never goes away. It feels like it's just supposed to be the norm for some, right? You feel like it never lifts. You feel like you don't have a break. And sometimes we try to find contentment in things that are not going to be lasting, things that will continue to leave you wanting. And so we have to be careful. I think about Eve falling into the trick of the fresh apple because of how she thought it would make things better. I would like to think that I would have known better, but who am I kidding? I fall for that bright, shiny red apple, especially when it's on sale. Especially when it's like 50 off because it's practically free. It's like buy one, get one free, you know. Or especially if I'm shopping on Amazon Prime because it's two-day shipping, yes. So all those things are very tempting. And I'm not saying stuff is evil or anything like that. I'm saying that sometimes we find substance in things that are going to not fill you completely. So today I want to talk about two women that you know, that you probably know, and that you will definitely be able to relate to. Luke 10, 38 through 40, while Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town. A woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. Martha had a sister named Mary who was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. But Martha was busy with all the work to be done. She went in and said, Lord, Don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the work? Tell her to help me. Can you just hear Martha? 
in this passage. You know, she's probably like clearing her throat, hoping Mary will like get the gist. You know, she's trying to be subtle, maybe slamming some pots and pans around, walking through the living room while Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. That's what that means, by the way, men. When you hear the pot stirring, (laughs) wake up. You know, Turn the volume means- down, stand up, and go do something else. That's what, yeah, anyway, we're trying to help you. You guys are kind of dead today. You got to tune in a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, she probably walking through the living room, throwing her some stank eye, you know, get up off your rear and come help me with all this work. You're just sitting, having fun at Jesus' feet. You know, I can just hear Martha. I can't imagine what I would feel like if Jesus was coming to my house. It didn't say that he just came to her house. It said he's stayed at her house. So she couldn't just hide stuff in closets and drawers. She was going to have to like prepare the place, right? And so I think about Martha. I feel like maybe she's like the A-type personality. I know that my sister-in-law is very A-type personality. Kelly Smith, she is a very A-type personality. These people are people that plan. They are planners. They are detail-oriented. Me, not so much. They're going to have their cloth napkins. They're going to dust their baseboards. You know, you probably open their closets and they're organized. I picture Martha like this, okay? But I still feel like I would be a crazy person. I'd be a hot mess if Jesus came to my house. So I can feel the stress when I'm reading this passage of what she was feeling like. Sometimes I know we wish that we could be like Mary, and we wish we could be like, you know what, don't even worry about the cooking. Let's order some pizza. Let's go to the Sonic. I mean, he did feed the 5,000, all right? I don't think we're going to have a problem feeding people, all right? So let's just Come sit at Jesus' feet, Martha. Quit worrying about it. We want to be like Mary, but oftentimes, most of the time, we choose and we are more like Martha, worrying about the stress and everything else that's going on around us. When I first read this passage, I was cheering Martha on. You know, I was like, yeah, Martha, you tell Mary. Get in here. Go help her, you know. But then you hear Jesus's how he, how he responds to her. So let's go to the passage 41. It says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is important. Mary has chosen the better thing and it will never be taken from her. But did you hear, did you catch that? Mary has chosen the better thing. I love how gently Jesus spoke to Martha. He said her name twice. He said, Martha, Martha. He was speaking to her heart. He wasn't saying, he wasn't condemning her. He wasn't saying, Mary is better than you. He was trying to teach her in that moment. He was speaking straight to the issue. He was saying, Mary, you are not just worried about today. You are not just worried because I am here. You are worried about many, many things. And you are allowing everything to steal your joy. You are allowing all this to steal your joy when you can come and sit with me. He desired to pour life-giving water into her dry spirit. She was not able to serve them because she was running on empty. And all Jesus was saying was, come, come and sit with me because he desires an intimate relationship with us. He longs for us to come sit with him. He's just waiting. When we are hurting, when we are overwhelmed, and I know as women we feel like just, 
the weight of the world, that we carry it on our shoulders because we carry the burdens of our children, we carry the burdens of our friends, we carry the burdens of our family, and sometimes we feel like we just can't breathe. And so Jesus is saying, come, come and rest. Let me take those burdens off of you. Just come and rest at my feet. Jesus desires intimacy with us. That is his heart. His heart is the heart of the Father that desires to spend time with his children. If, if Kelsey and Weston kind of have this A-type personality, Megan and I together, we're like a C minus, like combined, right? If you have like fine linens and the nice china, we're like toothpicks and paper plays. Make yourself at home, baby. <laughs> this is your house too. Listen, Mary in this passage... <laughs> Mary was not the oblivious husband in the living room. Mary was not the oblivious husband. Mary was the child who was in the right place for the right thing, for the right reason. We're speaking about the intimacy that Jesus desires to have with his children. We're talking about the heart of a daddy. So I go back to, uh, as a child, I grew up, and, and I don't know if this makes me normal or different or what but coming up I always wondered I don't know if it's because the oldest and and my my family I was like the oldest of cousins and siblings and there was always a baby around so I was always curious man what is my child gonna look like and I didn't have Facebook to like tag me in those things where you take the test and mesh two pictures together um, you know with the prettiest girl in the classroom because obviously I was gonna marry somebody pretty hey and so it worked out for me. Um, but I always wondered, can you turn this down a little bit, please? I always wondered what my children were going to be like. And so when I found out in 2008, no, nine, nine. Thank you, Jesus. We actually made it one year married before she got herself pregnant. But we, we, uh, when I found out in 2009 that, that we were having a baby, man, I was excited. I was pumped. I was like, all these years of waiting, I'm going to find out what my baby looked like. And it's got to be pretty because we both are. Thank you, Jesus. And so, what? Don't look at me like that. I didn't win her with personality. Come on. That's not what she wasn't like. Oh, I bet he's sweet. Oh, look at him. Yeah, that's not what happened. And so we just rolled with it. I was excited. I was like, I'm going to have the coolest little dude. I look just like my daddy. My brother looks just like my daddy. We look like one another. I'm going to have like a little Chris with black hair, and he's going to be running around, and that ain't happening. That ain't what happened. It's not what I was wrong because when I found out that she was pregnant, I was excited until about 20 weeks in, and one day, well, actually, one day it was like 14 weeks because they didn't have the stuff even today that then that they have today. So I, I didn't go to this appointment. Like I went to all the awkward, really uncomfortable appointments that I could go to right there in the very beginning. I was there. I was excited. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. Okay, I'm here, though, to support my wife and, and ultimately my child. And, but this appointment, my mother was in town. We were in Searcy, Arkansas. She was there. And if she wasn't listening earlier, I hope you are now. Still kind of frustrated at you for this one, but I love you. It's cool. Um, she took Megan to the, uh, to the doctor that day. And I decided to go. I don't know. I was like looking for shoes or something. Something I really needed. You know, it was very important. Some shotgun shells or something was 
on sale because that's what 50% off is really all about. You find some bullets 50% off, you jump on. Now, anyway, so I was over there and Megan, <laughs> Megan was up with my mom and my mom just kind of has a way of uh, getting things that she wants. I don't know if it's like an anointing of a mother, what it is, but uh, I was across the street and Megan calls me and she says, hey, we're going back to have the ultrasound. Okay, you got to remember, I'd been to every appointment. It wasn't time to have the ultrasound. We had already scheduled that, knew it was going to happen. This was just going to be another one of those weird ones that I didn't want to be in. So I was across the street, but they're going back to the ultrasound. I said, no, 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 you can't go to the ultrasound. Wait, 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 you got to wait for me. Like, put the brakes on the cart or, like, trip and fall, do something, pass out. Just pass out right there. That's a good idea. She said, no, they got to go. I can, I can do it right now. Your mom's here. She wants to see. I was like, I want to see. I don't care about my mom. It's my kid. I love you, mom. I really do. Thank you for getting me to that place. But I was going in, and I didn't have the ability to get over there, so I listened on the phone. Okay? My great-grandfather had five sons. My grandfather had three. My daddy had three. I'm going to have sons. Duh. It's in the genetic makeup of who I am as a man. I'm having sons. It's a girl. No, it's not. What? Are you kidding me? And I'm like in the parking lot on the phone sweating. And I don't even remember what month it was, but it was hot even in Arkansas. And I'm crying. And people are walking by looking at me. I'm like, is this serious? Like, it's good. It's just sweat. I'm having a girl. It's crazy. I don't know what to do now. Because I was excited about the fact that I was having a child as long as it was going to be a son. Because me and a boy, we can dig. But then Jesus said, I'm going to give you a girl. Two of them. And that little girl is going to mess you up. She is jacked up my world. Because it was exciting when I thought about having a son, but for you dads that know, there's just a different weight that comes when you realize you're having a little girl. It's the responsibility of the daddy's heart that just changes you. The son was exciting. But the daughter, there was this sense of responsibility that came. I desire that my daughter would understand just this one thing, how much I love her, how much I want to spend time with her. In fact, as, as her father, I am willing to wait on her just for the opportunity to wait with her. Listen, our Heavenly Father, Chris, if you'll jump on, there it is. Our Heavenly Father, He will wait on us just for the opportunity to wait with us. That is the heart of a daddy. For his daughters, for his son, for his children, is that he would have the opportunity to just spend time with us. Yes, it's so funny watching because Chris will be like, will y'all just please just come sit with me for a minute? Let me just love you. I want to hold you. Come sit in my lap. Just sit for my la- in my lap for just two seconds. And, you know, they're just too busy. They got too much going on. Adeline's coloring. Emery's running around. And Chris is like, I haven't seen you all day. Just come give me a hug. You know, so he's like trying to get them to come. That's what the girls say. You stink. No, you know. <laughs> But that's what we do God, you know? Sometimes it's so hard for us just to stop what we're doing, just to stop and go sit and rest with our Lord, you know? 
We have so many responsibilities. We want to be like Mary, but so often, seems like almost, I mean, every day, the, the weight of the responsibilities that we have. We have good intentions. In my life, it's, I, I stay home with my kids, and um, for me, I'm like, Lord, okay, nap time. I am going to rest, and this is my quiet time. I have to have this quiet time. Otherwise, I lose my patience with my children. I can't handle my husband when he gets twitch, you know, whatever it is. And so I feel like, I'm like, Lord, I'm going to spend that time with you. And then I begin getting busy. I lay the kids down. I start thinking about other stuff that I did not get to from that day. And then someone calls and then my day is interrupted with other things, and then all the kids wake up, they're hungry, they want to eat, and then by the time the day is over, I still did not get that time. I still did not go rest with him, and I'm laying in bed at 10 o'clock at night praying, thinking, I have to do this all over again, and this day will play out over and over and over, and then I begin to thank Lord Are you as disgusted with me as I am myself? Because I I feel, because guilt begins to cloud my mind and then discouragement comes in. And I think, do you really want to sit with me? But that is so far from the truth. It's so far from the truth. I like to call it the three deadly D's of destruction. And it's what comes at us each and every day. Distraction, discouragement, and doubt. The truth is that Jesus is not disgusted with you. Now listen, we're not trying to let you off the hook from spending time with the Lord. That's not the purpose of this. What we are trying to do is make sure that you give your guilt to Him and don't carry a condemnation or a weight that you were never meant to bear. Because when you're laying in bed at night and you missed it that day, or you missed your moment, or you made a mistake, you fell short of His glory, remember, there is no one righteous, no, not one. But the gift that God offers us is the sacrifice of his son, the one that wants to spend time with us. So when when you're laying in bed being disgusted with yourself from your lack of productivity that day, Jesus is just still waiting. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He's certainly not disgusted with the fact That she may, or I may, or you may have been distracted, discouraged, or even doubted his presence that day. That is not the heart of a daddy. Now listen, we look in the Old Testament and we see the fear of the Lord and the beginning of all wisdom. And we should have that reverent fear of a father just like our children have for us. But the heart of a father is just to love his children. The heart of a father is not for them to be distracted, discouraged, and live in doubt. The heart of the father today is we're just going to fail these D's. We're going to give all of them F's. We're going to flunk them out of our lives completely. We're not going to rehearse them anymore. We're going to replace them. So I'm going to give you three F's to replace these three D's. Because F's are always better than D's. Because you don't have to take that class again. (laughs) Number one, instead of being distracted, we want you to focus. If you're a note taker, you may or may not be able to keep up. You may just have to write a couple of words down. I'm going to give you some outside of the walls work today to learn some scripture that you can replace 
your distraction, discouragement, and doubt with. Number one, you need to focus. The Bible says take every thought captive. Make it obedient unto Christ. That you can do more. Be distracted. You can take everything captive. God's given you the ability to set your mind on things above. Your actions can follow your faith. And your feeling can, feelings can follow both. You don't have to let your feelings dictate your day. You have the ability to take the thought captive, to set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. You have the ability to fix your eyes on Jesus, to do the thing that Peter stopped doing and made him almost drown when he was walking across the top of something that should have caused him to die. You fix your eyes on Jesus and you don't take them off because he's still the author and the finisher of our faith. And if he authored it, he is faithful and just to see that thing all the way to the end. And he's not just going to begin a good work in you. He's going to complete that thing as long as you remain in him. But you have to remain as focused in your walk with God as you were in your decision to begin walking with him in the first place. Number two. He wants to replace your discouragement with fulfillment. The Bible says hunger and thirst after righteousness. For then you will be filled. Ephesians, Paul writes to the church and he says, This is my prayer for you to know the love that surpasses all knowledge. To know the love of Jesus Christ. To be his child. To be his son. And to be his daughter. To sit with Him. To wait with Him. To let Him show you the way. Because when you understand that love, you are filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now listen, if you can be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God every day of your life, then you will never be discouraged. You will be full. And you will have more than enough to not only get you through your day, but possibly share some to help somebody else get through their day. It's about being full of everything that God has for you. And finally, we want to replace our doubt. With what? With faith. Well, that sounds really easy for the church people to say. Well, just have faith. Have faith in God. But we understand that it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. I'm going to help you with faith. Just hang on. Faith is being sure of what you hope for, even when you don't see it. It's deciding to trust in God even when you don't feel it. You don't have to see it with your eyes or see it in your heart. Jesus, I'm just going to believe in you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to act like I believe it, live like I believe it. And I'm going to let my feelings follow the faith that I'm putting into you. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, that sounds really good. But how do you get faith? How do you get rid of your doubt? You replace your doubt with faith. And the way that you receive faith is faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Listen, watch this. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So any and everything that you do in the name of Jesus... Every time that you begin to pray, every time that you begin to seek His face in any ways, stop discounting it and begin to discover how important it really is and how much it means to Him, even when you don't feel it. Right now, 
You are suppressing your doubt and increasing your faith. Just by the fact that you are sitting in this room right now because you were in a worship set. The fact that she laid down and thought, Jesus, I missed it. He said, no, you didn't. I'm right here. That is how you build your faith. By simply any and everything that you do in Jesus' name. By spending time with him and putting your faith in him, you build it. Thinking about going back to Martha. You know, she was running around and she was serving. And she was doing exactly what she was supposed to be doing. But she was doing it. She was trying to serve them. And, her, and she was trying to cover her responsibilities. But she was doing it running on empty. We cannot serve our families or be who God has called us to be when we're running on empty. We must be full. We have to go to him. We're trying to serve our families on empty. We're trying to fight our marriages, fight for our, our marriages on empty. We're trying to raise godly kids on empty. We are trying to run businesses on empty. We wonder why God feels a million miles away when we're running on empty. It's, I think of this example. It would be like planning a vacation. I've never, had, I've never planned a vacation to Disney World, but I've talked to friends that have, and they plan and prepare and work months and months ahead of time to plan for this vacation. All right, so act like you have a, you're going to Disney World, okay? Yes, Lord. You have worked, you, and you have prepared, and you are ready, and you have packed for two weeks Hang in advance. On. You've packed everybody in your household because that's what mothers Nikki. do. We pack for everybody and ourselves. And um, you load the car. The man loads the car. And you get in, and you're ready to go. And you crank the car. And guess what? You're not going anywhere because you forgot one important thing. You forgot to put gas in your car, and you are going nowhere. You forgot to put gas in the car. <laughs> I was loading the car. I was supposed to have gas in it. I don't drive the car. I drive the truck. You're supposed to check on yeah. that for me. So, That's what happens. <laughs> That, but that's what we do. You know, we prepare, we work, we serve, but we try doing it running on empty, and we wonder why. We think, do you even care, Jesus? We think about that, because that's what Martha said. He, she said, do you even care? Do you even hear me? Mm. And that's what she was focusing on. Do you hear me? Like, I'm all by myself. I'm all alone. Do you even care? And Jesus was saying, I do care. I am waiting for you to come to me so I can pour life, living water into your dry spirit. I'm just waiting. Like Chris was saying, Jesus is just waiting for us to come. This, this morning, this just came to us this morning. We put this in. But we think that we have to do in order to be productive and successful in this life and there is that faith being justified by our works that without works right that faith it's it's dead it has no meaning but God is way more interested Jesus is way more interested according to this story with Mary and Martha he is way more interested in who we are than what we do because if he can help you understand who you are, then what you do will begin to follow. He's way more interested in your being than your doing. Okay, listen, we cannot just expect the next generation 
to do it better than us when we're not doing it ourselves. We cannot just hope that they would um, understand everything that we messed up and fix their mistakes and live it out in a better manner than we did. No, we are the example that they are looking to. We are the influence. Well, Chris, I don't have any children. My children are grown. No, no, no. You have people that are watching you right now. You have children of God and potential children of God that are surrounding you and watching you. And listen, you cannot take somebody to a place that you are not familiar with. And you certainly can't train them to go beyond that place and to do even more than what you did at an even better rate, at a, at a higher level with more ability. We can't just live vicariously through our children and hope that they do it better than us. We have to model this thing out. And the number one thing that we see in this passage is that Mary was in the right place doing the right thing. Mary was, was choosing the better of the two. It was Mary who was at the feet of Jesus being the example that she was supposed to be when Martha, instead of focusing on her being, was only focused on her doing. Verse 42. Yeah, she, was, she believed that her, her happiness was based off of her happening, happenings around her. She was so focused on what was going on. that The Messiah was right there in her house. She was in his presence. I would like to think that I would have, of course, been at his feet. But we, we do that every day. We allow stress and everything else to just cloud our minds. I remember, you know, we need to remember the, the character of God. He is so gentle, and he just, he's waiting for us. I remember when my kids were very little, and um, I was telling the Lord, I, I probably, it had probably been a week since I had even prayed or gone to the Lord, and I remember I was rocking Gabriel's when I was with all my babies at home. And um, they were all under the ages of four. And uh, I was rocking Gabriel. And I probably, every time they went to sleep, I went to sleep. And so I was up at two or three in the morning. And I was rocking him. And I was crying to the Lord. And I was, Lord, I'm sorry I've not spoken to you in a week. And I'm dry. And I'm tired. And I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like I don't have anybody. I feel like nobody remembers the season that I'm in. And Lord, I'm so sorry. And I just, I felt like, you know, just, you think, am I, am I, is it just me? Am I the only one that feels this way? And I just felt like I was carrying the weight and the burden. And I heard the Lord just say so softly to my heart. He said, every time you care for your children, you are doing it as worship unto me. Every time you serve your family and you are in my will, you are doing it as worship unto me. So you have to remember all you Marthas in the house that think that you just can't do one more thing. You can't bear it. The Lord says what you are doing counts. You serving, you loving those babies, you serving your husband, those things count. Everything, everything you do counts. Every moment that you spend when the world screams, do more, 
Jesus is waiting for you to be more in him. Not to put more pressure on you. Man, I have got to stop looking at these ladies. <laughs> this is jacking me up. But to love this life and to live it out in abundance. And understand that even, even when you don't feel it, he's still there. He's still waiting. He's not angry at you. He understands the pressures of this life. He was 200%. 100% God, 100% man. You have not, you are not walking through anything that he has not already walked through, right? Everything that he went through in this life was so that we could put our faith and our trust in him. Our faith, not our doubt. To be fulfilled, not discouraged. To live a focused life that's not distracted. Jesus doesn't desire more from us, just like he said. He's after our hearts, not our accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And he whispers very gently, very tenderly, Matthew eleven twenty-eight: 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will renew you, refresh you, give you strength. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I read that scripture, and it just fills me just reading it. And um, I remember when I first read this passage, I, I was wondering, yoke, like, like an egg yolk? Okay, I'm going to have to study that out. What is he talking about? A yoke. So I did some research on what a yoke is. And we got something that's. Look, we're not so Yankee like that yolk. we don't know that this isn't a yoke, okay? <laughs> Understand that this is a collar. Actually, I confessed this in first service as well. I'll tell you guys, the only reason I know this is a collar is because Josh Youngblood told me right before service. Up until I walked in here this morning, I thought it was a yoke. But we're going to use it. Sage, can you help me? I think your head's small enough. Probably not. Let's try it anyways. Come here. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to open that up kind of from the bottom, face it that way. Okay, and then you're going to put it on like a necklace, but turn it around. There you go. Yeah, the leather's going to go on your neck. Okay, the purpose. Chelsea, you want in on this or what? This is your yoke. chance. Let me tell y'all. All right, but the so purpose just put of the yoke. Your, it, won't, it won't get you. The purpose of the yoke was chain. to put on animals to maximize their effectiveness yeah, yeah, during plowing, perfect. pulling, okay. or whatever work yeah, they needed to do. Tight. There were different sizes dependent on the animal type. There was different yokes dependent on the amount of work or the work that they had in place. So if you use the wrong yoke on the wrong animal, it would end up creating sores and could eventually cripple the animal. Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa. so maybe you're this, carrying a yoke. This would have been easier a couple of years ago. Hang on. Go ahead. Jump up there. Do like, okay, so say do like just a child. Don't stand. Yeah, there you go. Right there. Yeah, jump. Now that's a yoke. That is a yoke. That is a heavy yoke. So he's got the collar on, and now we are live on something right now. This is happening. All right. So Sage so, is carrying right, a yoke that he was never intended to carry. Yeah, and some go. of y'all feel that way. Some no, of y'all no, no, feel that no. way right now. You are carrying a yoke that God never intended for you to carry. Yes, I'm trying to be spiritual, and y'all are just being crazy. Yeah, but we want you to see this picture. Because <laughs> this is what most of you guys and ladies look like. 
We're not with Pastor Weston on your back. <laughs> Here, jump down. You did good. Come on, give them a big hand. You can take that off. Yay. Don't pinch yourself. Thanks for being a good sport, Sage. That was impromptu. Pastor John, will you come? The Bible doesn't say that he will, he will take your yoke away. It's not what it says. Does it say that he's going to get rid of your yoke and you're not going to have to carry anything? It says, come to me, ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So take your yoke off. And what I'm going to do instead of you carrying that yoke is I'm going to give you a yoke that I've already bought, purchased, and paid for. Because His yoke is easy and His burden is light. So you're trading yokes with the Son of God. You're not carrying more than what you were created to carry. You're carrying exactly what you were created to carry. You're not trying to do more than what God created you to do. You're accomplishing exactly what he created you to accomplish. Everything that he's done and everything that he desires to do in you can be accomplished when you understand that he is waiting for that moment to take the burden of your yoke away and replace it with the ease of his yoke. When you understand that he's ready to take the bondage and the heaviness of the burdens that you're trying to carry on your own. And you remember that we serve a God that carried a cross to the extent of his humanity. And even he needed somebody else to step in and take it the rest of the way. Do you know why? It's not because he couldn't. It's because he wanted to show us that we have a part in this thing. We have a role in this thing. That we get to carry it too. We're going to take it up the hill, but we don't have to get on it. He's going to get on it. He's going to pay the price. He's going to purchase you, your burden, your pain, your past, your current position. Everything that is in you right now, he wants to take and put what he has for you in place. He's not going to take a yoke away. We still have to live this thing out. He's not going to take the burden away. We still have to be willing to lean on him. But he's going to make it easy. In him, the yoke becomes easy. It becomes bearable. In him, the burden is not binding. It's the law of liberty. It's the freedom to live out the call of God for yourself and for your family. For your marriage and for your children. For your finances. For your grandchildren. For your future, even when you don't know what it holds, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Ladies, today, before you leave here, 
my wife went through the effort, not the trouble. It's not trouble. Because if we can help someone understand their value, if, if just one person leaves this place today, then it was just effort that was worth it. Why? Because everything that we do counts. Everything that you do counts. He sees it. He takes note. And he's not up there just counting all the evil and nasty and ugly. Or the times that we missed it. He paid for that. So today, before you leave this place, ladies, every woman, teenagers, mothers, daughters, if you're a daughter, I'm going to get one for my little girls. We want you to take a feather. And we want you to think of two things. It's not a big gift, but it's relevant. It's a token for her message from her heart to share her experience with you so that you can experience something different. That you would take that feather and you would remember, first of all, that you were created to rest. I don't know about you. I love my feather pillow. Don't take my feather pillow. I will find you. Woman or child, I will find you if you have my feather pillow. I was created for rest because I was created in the image and the likeness of God and in God on the seventh day he rested. In fact, creation was not complete until God rested. Ladies, men, we have to rest. We have to rest. We have to take the time to not just rest, but to rest in him. I pray that every night over my daughters, the last thing that I pray Father, charge your angels over us tonight. Help us to rest in your peace and have sweet dreams. That's what God wants for you. So you take a feather and you remember that you were created not to just do, but to be. And part of that being is to rest in him. And here's the second thing. Every time that you feel the weight of the world begin to lay down on your shoulders, you remember that Jesus carried that weight so that you could carry something less. He paid the ultimate price so that you could just be part of the reward. You take a feather and you remember that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you would stand with us this morning. We're going to do something just a little bit different today. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus and this, men, this message ministered to you and you're a male, we want you to get right today. We want you to pray as a child of God just like we're going to pray here in a minute. But today's Mother's Day and we're designating it specifically as Daughter's Day because again, before you can ever be the mother that you could be, You've got to remember the daughter that you are. Every woman in this room, if you will, to come and join my wife up here in the front, if you don't mind. Every one of you. Come on. We're not going to like spit on you. We're not going to push you. If you don't come, you'll be the only one that doesn't. Men, hold the babies. Just spread out. It's fine. We're not going to do anything crazy. 
I promise. Well, I don't know. I can't promise that. God may change. God may do something. Who knows? Just come right here. Just comfortable. Look. Watch this. Watch this. No babies. No husbands. No siblings. Just you and him. This is what you were created for. To be Mary at the feet of Jesus. Mary has chosen the better things. You take a feather today. You give them to your children, your children's children. Give them to your friends. And you remind yourself and them on your worst day that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He wants me to carry something. He wants me to lean on him. If he just takes it all away, I'd be too free. I'd just run around and do whatever I want to. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to spend time with him. But this right here, not the busyness of life, not the distractions, not the discouragement, and God forbid, not the doubt. This. We're going to replace all of all the words that we had today with this one more D word daughter that's what you are you are a daughter of a father that loves you more than any of us can our very own children God's desire for you today to remember that he loves you and everything you do counts so you leave this place today and you leave the distraction the discouragement and the doubt at this altar and you replace it with focus fulfillment and faith and if you can't remember all of them just remember faith and daughter guys if you would would you just extend your hand towards these ladies Ladies, I don't want you to think about anything else but the face of Jesus. If you would, just close your eyes right where you are. God, I just pray that they would sense how pleased you are with them. That you love them as as much and more than I love Adeline and Emery. And there is nothing, there's nothing that they can do that would change or separate my love. Can you hear the heart of the Father? Hear His heart today say, I love you. You're doing a good job. Take my yoke, it's easy. Take my burden, it's light. I haven't forgotten you. I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I authored this thing in you. I will finish it. Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would keep them, and that your face would shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, that you would lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace. 
Lord, that they would know you and make you known and that they would follow you and you alone. Lord, have your will in their lives and then let everything that they put their hand to be blessed, especially their families, their friends, and the people that you've given them influence with and even over. God, help them to understand as they leave this place today how important, how special they are to you, the Father. Let them take it. Let them receive it in Jesus' name. Okay, don't move, don't move. Guys, I told you we were gonna do this. Now this time I want you to really mean it. I want them to hear your praise and for once, let's applaud them and lift them up. For the companions and the support. Because none of us would be here if it weren't for you. All right, now, if you really meant it, ladies, stay right here. Stay right here. I want you to go get your kids today. That's different. Men, you're dismissed to go get the... I'm serious. Go get your children. Bring them back up. They'll still be here. I got to go get mine. Actually, somebody may bring them to me in Jesus' name. Now, ladies, listen. Fellowship, love on one another. I want you to look around this circle, and I want you to know that you're not in this thing alone. You may find somebody or look for somebody, but I want you to take the time to just meet and greet and then walk back to that table and get as many of those feathers for as many people as you want.